Hey guys, what's good? First off, I must apologize for the absurd amount of time it took us to drop the second part of this episode. Honestly, we were confronted with some obstacles beyond our control. But best believe, we back. Yeah, we're back now. Now, now, now at the, the end, end of the, the first, first episode, episode now I'm glad to drop, drop a punchline. A curious punchline. These are wise words, words from, from someone with serious experience, experience in Zaozozon. Please stay with me on this episode as we learn at the foot of the experienced one. Now, I'm going to say very categorically that when it comes to sex and when it comes to the marriage relationship, Godfrey experience is useless. Truly. Well, how do you mean? Okay, let me let me try and explain what I mean. You see, the we're talking about Christians, okay? The the injunction, you know, when it comes to sex, the bonding. We are talking of a monogamous relationship. We are talking of a one man, one woman kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you know what it takes to really know a woman? That's the language of scripture. It says, and Adam knew his wife. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the language that, that King James uses when it describes the coming together of a husband and a wife. To really know a woman, to really know a man. I mean, the intricacies what the person likes, what the person doesn't like, what the person's sounds mean. What there's, there's just so much depth, so much intimacy that it is impossible to apply what happens to... With other people. It's impossible. It's useless. It's needless. You have a lifetime to discover a person. It doesn't matter how much you have discovered about, discovered about somebody else. There are general things that are applicable to women. There are general things that are applicable to men. You can find that in a textbook. You can read that in a book. You can know what is generally applicable. But when it comes to your specific wife, your specific husband, the only experience you need is the person. He's the only one that can teach you what you need to learn. See me. I've been married... I'll be eight years in November. I still didn't learn work. Okay. You understand? The only person that can teach me in that depth is my husband. So it doesn't matter. Do you understand what I mean? Don't bother gathering experience if you're a believer. You don't need it. You don't need it. It's a waste of your time. The general knowledge you need, pick up a good Christian book, read it, and you're done. That's all you need. Talking about sex. You guys have already entered it by yourselves. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think God frowns at premarital sex? I mean, if two consenting adults want it and do it, they aren't committing a crime, are they? You know, but God still frowns at it, even if they would end up getting married. You know, so why do you think God frowns at premarital sex? Two people <laughs> love themselves and they agree. So why, why God get people down? I think it has to do with the fact that when God designed sex, mm. it was for the purpose of one man and one woman in a relationship. Mm. And they say they want to marry. Uh, uh, it's not they want to. They want. But to what if they still come marry? Let me put it like this. What's the problem? Let me put it like this. Uh, I get them before no property. That you have something before does not mean that. 
it's it's yours. Do you understand? <laughs> so that is the same thing I think God had in mind. Because see, when Adam was all alone in that uh, garden of Eden, God had to bring Eve. He did not bring Eve's. Do you understand? The one Adam and one. I, I am so potent. God actually insinuated, or let's say, um, started the first marriage, where the one man and the one woman thing came into existence, and then she helped the guy, and then the guy helped her, blah 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 like that, and then the whole thing started. Yeah. So God wanted the purpose of sex actually to start with is for procreation, nothing more. Yes, and then if you're not in a committed <laughs> relationship, I just they look at us. If you if you're not in a committed relationship, I don't want finish so. <laughs> See, I mean, I look at Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-eight tells you, "Be fruitful and multiply, subdue, do this one, do that one, do that one." What do you say? The first is be fruitful. Multiply, which means that the first thing eh, mm. God was angling towards mm. when it came to sex was procreation. Half mini God feeds around. Half mini Nakwas around. Half mini. I think that, but I think that. Uh, no, I, I'm not trying to disprove, disprove what you've said completely, but I think that um, uh, the sex thing is part of the package that comes with companionship. Mm. You understand? It's a package that comes with. So, but back to your question on why should we? Why not? Why, why does God frown? frown? Why do you think God frowns? Yes. Two people have to accept. Yeah, because scripturally, um, sex is spiritual. In the context of marriage, it's an act of worship. Why worship? God. Yeah. I don't even. I I, I don't even. I don't even want to. I don't even want to. I don't even want to go into all that. First of all, for me, because we're talking to believers, I think you're even asking the wrong question. I think you're asking the wrong question. It is not my duty to question why God has put injunctions in place. It is my duty to be persuaded that God has said this. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. No, but not every. Hold on, hold on. Not everything God has said would um, not even make sense. You're not going to understand God's philosophy, God's reasoning behind each and every. I'll give you an example. At some point, the Sabbath day was holy. Don't walk on the Sabbath day because He rested on that day. That's all. You cannot ask, okay, why? So why did you rest on that day? It's not, it's not yours to know. What you need to know is that this is what the Lord has said, okay? So that's why I say for me, it's the wrong question. If God says sex before marriage and sex outside of marriage is sinful, is sinful, (laughs) I take it that it is sinful. It is because it falls short of the standard that God has set. That is the standard that God has set. But don't you think anything outside of that to practice, you know, or to adhere to the rules of God when you understand? Yes. You have a good mm, yeah. level yes. Of understanding. Yeah. Yes. Or if and you the want under- to a young person the, that's, you know, maybe struggling with this, mm. 
maybe the uh, level I'll, of I'll get I'll get to the reasons, yeah. okay? I'll get to the reasons, but what I'm trying to say is that fundamentally we need to understand that this is the requirement that God has. Because when I was growing up, we were told when we were in secondary school that you should not have premarital sex because you get pregnant. You should not have premarital sex because you have STDs. Right now, the only people that are getting pregnant are the people that are not smart at it. Mm, yeah, That's exactly. the truth. Yeah. The only people that are getting diseases are the people that are not smart at it. Mm-hmm. So all of those reasons have fallen away. Yeah. And the only thing that I will say can stop me from having sex is because I'm persuaded that it's going to offend God. If you are a believer, you need to approach the subject matter with that mindset that it is a standard that God has set. Okay? That it is sinful to have sex outside marriage or before marriage. So that may not be sufficient in all cases. Okay? But it ought to be. But then looking at reasons... Istifan has mentioned one. Isti said sex is spiritual. Yes, true. He said sex is worship. And Godfrey was laughing. I know that. You worship. <laughs> you worship God. You worship God. As a believer, uh, as a believer, uh, everything you do. Whether you eat. That's what Colossians uh, says. So whether you whether you eat or you drink, do it, do it all unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. You see, so there's no, uh, in the life of a believer, there's no spiritual secular divide. Yeah. There's no, no okay, so right now, it's mean? worship. Worship mm. is anything in fact, as a believer, everything you do outside of sin is worship unto God. Your chores, mm. your your studies, whatever it is you're doing, so long as you are a believer and you do it in faith, acknowledging that God has everything, he owns everything, you eat food, you enjoy it, is worship unto God. I eat with thanks. I enjoy it. I, do you know how when I look at my children doing things that, I mean, they are pointless they are absolutely pointless. But they are just doing things that are childlike. Mm. You know, doing things that are childlike. And it just gives me so much joy. I look at them, I smile. They are doing childlike things. The way they talk, the way they play. It's childlike and it gives me so much joy. And I imagine that when I'm enjoying ice cream, God just looks at me and... Mm. I'm quite like ice cream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. And, and he, he, there's joy in God's yeah. heart. I am his child. I belong to him and I'm doing human like things. And it just gives him joy. Because he's my he's like a parent yeah. child kind of thing. So you can think of everything you do like that, including sex. Mm. When you have sex in God's will, a husband and a wife. That's why it's very important that you must not approach the subject. So I, I'm sorry, I'm I think I'm the only married please, person, please, so yeah, I don't yeah, want to. Yeah. I worship God. Mm. I worship God. I give thanks to God. I know couples who pray after they have sex. I'm mm. not talking about... Uh, mm. I'm talking about real people. Not. I'm not talking textbook something. Yeah. I know couples who pray after they have sex. Just the, 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 the pleasure, the enjoyment. It's, it's, it's you doing a human-like thing. And your father would smile at it. Because these are people doing things that people like. You know? So... There is a gross violation because when you have sex before marriage or outside marriage, you have violated God's standard. It lacks the capacity to bring worship to God. It's it's sin. It's defilement. It's the standard that God has set. Okay, so it's it's and then there's a spiritual 
depth. There's there's a depth to the activity. It's more than just I'm sorry, it's more than just procreation. It's 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 the meeting of spirit, soul, and body all together. So it's 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 a spiritual act. And again, Anna mentioned um, Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, brethren, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable. This is your spiritual act of worship. So whenever your body is offered unto the Lord in obedience to scripture, it's holy, it's pleasing, it's an offering to God. And it's, I mean, this mindset is important for singles as it is for married people. Yes, it's important because you don't begrudge sex, you don't weaponize sex because you have this understanding that look you can worship the Lord in it okay, let me just say two things very quickly um, just to add to what she has said one of the reasons I actually think God frowned, uh, frowns at this is for order you know just, just imagine we're not animals <laughs> do you understand like you just want to it's like you, you, you know why to... I'm asking this sorry before you yeah. continue when you want to tell a child, for example, mm. don't do this, mm-hmm. you give them reason. Why? Yes. You understand? Yeah. Because with understanding, it's they are easier. most likely exactly, yeah. Yeah. They are most likely going to abide because yeah. they understand. Yeah. Because if you're talking about order, that's why I asked. Mm. And I'm saying this based on word yes. on the street. Yes. Like if you if you tell somebody you're not supposed to sleep with somebody you're not married to, they tell you, but I'm going to marry that person. Good. So, and there are people that actually had sex before and they marriage, go married. but they never uh, engaged in sex with any other person. Now, they ended up with that person. Yes. Now, so, is that not orderly? Now, that's, that's leading me to the next <laughs> thing I want to say, right? It's for other, right? And, and the essence is to actually help us have this bonding, right? In marriage. Good. Now, psychologically, research has found that most people young people who get married, like who have sex before getting married, have issues of trust. Most, most like majority. There's this always issue of, now I'm traveling. Am I sure he's not going to look for the next person? Do you understand? He took it right out of my mouth. Because (laughs) if you, yeah, because you have sex with just this girl and you guys are engaged and then you end up getting married and that's still the same person. So, so why now? Why is he wrong before marriage yes. and then mm. it's right after yes. marriage? Deep down in the heart of that guy, he's going to always have to look back because he knows that if someone pushes the right button, mm. as far as, he knows that if you push the button this far, she's going to trip. Mm. But married people too engage in... They do and it doesn't make it right. It's called adultery. I'm just saying that... <laughs> Because you, exactly. because yes. you, you, you painted a scenario yeah. that makes it look like okay, we're still talking monogamy and the marriage is mm-hmm. involved last last shah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but the point is trust, yes. The the, 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 the the trust the f- trust which is the foundation, which is a, a one of the foundational principles of marriage, is eroded. The girl is <laughs> thinking that mm. look this guy you if if another lady <laughs> there will always be that yeah. you know if another lady pushes this far gets him to this point she is going to win him over so it, you get into the marriage and it looks like you were only together with each other mm. it looks like you were 
faithful to each other in the relationship before and then so you are going to continue be but there will be trust issues mm. well, that's I, just the I truth i think if a person has trust issues to solve it before it's going to be there whether or not they the shack or not mm. do you get what i'm trying to say because for a person that has trust issues the moment he's not there he's already wondering what exactly is the other person doing the lady could just pick up a phone call and then the other person's already filming. You're talking you of someone so, who is insecure now. Yeah. So You're talking of someone who has insecurity issues. Okay, so now that person, right, it is not what, what that person will need to overcome his issues is not the impossible. Okay? I had sex before I got married. I can't undo it. Mm-hmm. If my husband does not trust me, I can never fix it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's 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 done. I can't undo it. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? But my husband cannot trust me because he's insecure. He's always feeling like, ah, who is she talking to? Ah, who is he? That one you can hand, that one can be solved. Do you understand? That one can be solved. It's something can be done about it. Yeah. Some counseling, some you can encourage him, boost his confidence. There are several things you can do. But there are you can't undo a fact in history. You can't. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're not even talking about the same things here. Mm. You understand? So when there is a lack of trust in a marriage on account of infidelity, the infidelity is a fact. Yeah. It's a fact in history. Okay? Even after Jesus forgives the person, the fact in history still she remains. Does. What do you do about that? And I think that's not actually to um, disprove, disprove the fact that, yeah, people have had these things and God cannot really help them. Let, let's not shy away from the fact that it's also possible that, yes, you had sex before you marry. You, sorry, you had sex. Now you are not married because of our audience, right? Like you are not married, so you've had sex and God cannot forgive you. Do you understand? And you cannot marry the same person. No, God no. can forgive you. You can even have a Christian marriage. Yes, you can fact, even have a strong Christian yes. marriage. That's the point I want us to bring. So that people don't just feel that, no, because yes. you just had this, this yeah. thing, so we should go our ways. And mm-mm. As far as you are still in God, right? And you've asked God for forgiveness and you are believing that, of course, you don't have any iota of doubt. You can still trust this person. It's possible with yes. God. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't do it by your power. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 all of that is still doable. Like I said, you can still have a strong Christian relationship, a strong Christian marriage. It's just that look, if you are presented with a choice, okay, you should you should rather prefer the least complicated exactly. choice. Yeah. Yes. Because it just ends up being it's it's going to be, you know, an uphill task. It's mm. going to come with a lot of work. Mm. Just like every marriage does, but I mean, you have a choice. Yeah. Please, if you have a choice, it's better to make, you know, the right choice. Now, if the Bible didn't say so, would it still be wrong to have sex before marriage? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You see, but you see, let's not lie. Uh, No, 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 that's the truth. See, we are human, like, right? Like, like, I I know that uh, we get to this point in our lives where we have this feeling that you want to exp- you want to express certain emotions right ah bros god no stop her now if we say you know they bad be that now do you understand but let's not forget that what we are saying is in the context of the fact that okay biblically this is what the bible is saying about this and this is where we are going to for me i think 
the whole church discipline in my, my typical outside church where I came from. Yeah. yeah. The whole church discipline. See, I'll be very frank to tell you that one of the restrictions I had about relating with ladies and then to that extent is not necessarily because of those things. I, because I found myself in situations where bros, now God help me. Do you understand? Yeah. Now, if, if at that point I want to express the feelings and all of those things, frankly speaking, I would have gone ahead. But you know, for me, what gave me that restraint is the fact that I started thinking, oh, come, I know that I want to be a true Christian. And it, it means if I do this thing, I won't hide it. Right? Eventually, somebody will know. And I'll be taken to the church. Eh? The church will give me discipline. Do you understand? Like, <laughs> the, <laughs> I, ask, I ask myself the question, now, am I ready to go before the church? Like, like, like the, 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 um, the, um, the environment, like uh, the environment I'm coming from is such that when you are involved in this, you just come to the church, you come and stand before the church and tell them that this is what I have done. And it's for this reason the church is putting me under church discipline. No, I start asking myself. <laughs> yeah. Misty, can you do this? I just say, no, I can't do that. That's one. Then secondly, I remember there are mentors in my life. There are people who looked at me and said, God, thank God for your life. So I'm beginning to imagine myself that this person will hear that you have done this and you have done that. How will this sound? For me, that was the first restraint I had. Then the Bible. Right? So the fact that it's morally wrong, for me, solves the problem. I'm asking this because all the answers we gave and everything we're talking about makes sense to us as Christians, but it may not necessarily make sense to someone who isn't a Christian. So how will you make all these things make sense to them? I mean, those who have no clue what we're talking about. But do you know, I beg to disagree, even for non-Christians. Have you noticed young people, I'm not talking about Christians, I'm not talking about Bible-believing, you know, still require faithfulness in their premarital sure. relationships sure. have you heard a girl saying he cheated on me he slept with this other person or a guy saying she cheated on me she said and they're not married mm-hmm. even even among the relationships between non-christians they demand faithfulness from each other yeah. do you know even in what they call open marriages mm. you know there are all kinds of relationships now yes. mm-hmm. there are open marriages i think um Yes, I think Will Smith, I, I know a couple, I think Larry King has a couple of people <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. They're in open marriages. Mm-hmm. They're married to each other. Then you you can sleep with whoever mm-hmm. you want. I can sleep. Do you know even in such marriage relationships, mm-hmm. they still have rules, yeah. boundaries. Yeah, yes. They still say, I, but I still have to know whoever you're going to sleep with and I have to approve of the person. So even, even if you would not consider scriptural injunction i mean it, it just goes along with everything that as people we be, we're designed for that kind of thing we're designed to demand that in intimate relationships yes. we, we 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 like exclusivity even in polygamous relationships the man would not would not tolerate that one of his wives is having a sex a sex partner outside of and the even women if he is cheating yes even if yes even if he's cheating he would demand yes so even the women in polygamous relationships me i know a polygamous relationship where the amaria told the wargida that they should come and collab because their husband is seeing one girl outside why 
These are not Christians. Yeah. Oh, okay, this one I'm talking about. They were believe they were Christians. Yeah. They were Christians. But the second wife was telling the first wife that they should come together mm. and fight. And in my mind, I'm like, ah, second wife, no be so the thing can happen. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing mm-hmm. he did and married you. Yeah. I said, ah, no, 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 no. But we have to join forces to yeah. stop him from cheating. Why? So it's not just a Christian thing. Inherent in the human soul. Okay, yeah. when you open up your soul to someone, when you open up your spirit to someone, you'd like the person to treasure it. This is it's not just about what the Bible says, it's a demand that people place on each other, even outside of, of Christian relationships. So for even for the non-Christian, so I, I don't know if you get what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Faithfulness is still a requirement. Yeah. So it, it, it boils down to trust. trust. That's that's how we are made. That's how God has made us. That when we share the depth of our person with someone. We like it to be solo. We like the person to keep it because we've given the person a treasured thing. And we we'll, we'll feel like the person is violating it if he goes on to have that kind of thing with someone else. So it just works. It works for everybody. Now, do you think the biblical principles of sex make it harder to abstain? Do you think rules? Because if there were no laws, there's no sin. So if, yeah. So do you think all these there was there was an analogy I heard. I was at um, a meeting. What's his name? Shegun Koka, Pastor Shegun Koka. He he made an analogy. That thing was by the Spirit of God. It was just so on point. He was preaching on sexual purity, and he was giving the example of Exodus, when Moses God called Moses out of the fire, and he said the sexual drive the sexual passion is like the burning bush it burns but it does not consume it's 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 just so on point to me you know before i was married i can't lie now everybody before he's married when he gets to that point it's like he's burning like man everybody's talking about sex i gotta have sex it's burning but if you have the spirit of god it ought not to consume so it's it's like a it's like a controlled passion even in marriage it's a it's it's a controlled passion so it's not something that makes it harder please be on fire nobody said no be on fire but be on fire god free if you're not on fire i'm gonna have problem you sit down like this you tell me you're not on fire you are not on fire let's go and check you let us go and check you you're on fire, <laughs> yeah. but you must not be consumed. Yeah. It's the kind of fire that does not consume. In that, God has put this passion in us alongside a capacity to control it. So it can be burning, but it shouldn't consume you. You understand? Because once it consumes you, man, I've seen some people that it has made quite a mess of. It has made quite a mess of. There's nothing that God has given you. There's nothing that God has given you that you can't handle. He has given you the ability to be able to handle certain things. Do you understand? So the thing about sex, the in as truthfully, the fact that the um, the laws that God has put in place, right? Don't have sex. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, don't do whatnot. Has created the um, has created the the reason mm. 
behind we doing it. Mm. You get in the book of Romans, I've forgotten. Is that Romans four or five? It talks about the fact that um, where there's no where there's no law, there's no sin. The moment there is law, sin takes advantage of that law, thereby using it. Sorry, Romans six. The moment there's there's um, a law put in place, sin now explores it. Sin explores it. So. That is actually what is happening right now. It's the fact that actually don't have sex. That's why it's making people to have sex. If sex was common, <laughs> eh, trust me, if if, if if sex was common, then people would actually want to go. Who wants everything that is... Okay, I, I think differently. Okay. Yeah, I think differently. That Romans you just quoted. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 said, um, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? That grace may increase, and anybody who went for that sake, God forbid. Right now, for me, what actually taught me to um, control myself in terms of sex, um, sexual purity and all of those things, frankly speaking, is when I understood grace. Now, the, the problem here is that we actually think that the law is actually the problem, right? Yeah. But I think the law is not the problem, it is abuse of grace. That is the problem. Because we, we feel that, ah, no, after all, if I ask God forgiveness, he will forgive me. And you do this and blah, blah, blah. No. Now, if you read the scripture and then you go to Titus chapter 2 verse 11. He said, now the grace of God has appeared to all men. He said, teaching them to say no to every form of unrighteousness. Mm. It is grace. Mm. That if I understand what I am in, the very day I accept Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I will understand the effect of sin. Not because I, I don't want to do the sex thing and all, all of those things. I'm, I'm talking generally that I am in grace. If I understand the power of grace in my life, I wouldn't really allow myself to just go exploring. Ah, they say I should not do this. This is the reason why I should find out why they are saying I should do that. I don't know. And it cuts across not just sex, sin generally. So if we understand the concept of grace, for me, I feel it's, um, it's, it's enough empowerment to restrain us from doing anything generally. I think, I think that grace came as a result of the law. Yeah. Grace came as a result of the law. So if the law hadn't been in existence to start with, then sin wouldn't have been in existence. Because if you look at the very first sin, it was God said, don't do this. Yeah. The, immediately God said, don't do this. It feels like a setup now. Yeah. <laughs> immediately he said, don't do this. Yeah. Serpent was like, are you sure God mm. told you not to? Curiosity. Do, do you understand? So curiosity killed the cat mm. then. And then that was now the genesis of grace. That was when God was like, okay, now I know that man is going to um, mess up at every turn. I have to provide a solution for him. Or her. Do you understand? So it still boils down to the law. It, it was it's the law that, that sin had taken advantage of. Yeah, so but that's not it. My no law. Yes. People because now it's it was moved from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind because you're constantly looking at that thing, thinking about it, you're curious about it. Yeah. But if there was no 
law. Maybe you just do it once, forget about it. But now it's constantly there. You want to know what it is because it says you should not do it. <laughs> now, you see, that's, that's what, for me, that's what uh, an average man would think. Mm. That, okay, it's natural. Like, don't do this. I want to do it. In fact, but if you said you don't even, you are just quiet about it, like you're silent about it. I won't even think of it. Mm. But why are you asking me not to do it? Exactly. In the first place. It's scientific. Do you understand? Yeah, I agree with you. It's scientific. <laughs> I think myself or my dad always fight. But, 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 but my point is that, you see, we have passed that stage as Christians, right? Now, Jesus himself said, I have not come to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill the law. Do you get? Now, we are not looking at the law now. We are looking at what Jesus has done mm. post law. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so it is not, don't do this. No, don't do that. Uh, who in, in himself, the Bible said, can fulfill the law? Mm. Nobody. Do you understand? No matter how perfect we are. Now, I agree with the fact that you're saying the law came. And then the, that is why we have the grace coming later. Yeah. I don't know if you understand my point. Mm. Mm-hmm. My point is that now we have the grace. Mm. So if we understand that we are in Christ mm-hmm. and the finished work of Christ, yeah. mm-hmm. then it's easy. Don't forget the context that we are talking about yes, this thing, yes. that you are telling young people that don't mm-hmm. do this thing mm-hmm. and they are doing it. Yes. So now we have been empowered mm-hmm. not to even think of it because mm-hmm. they say we shouldn't think of it. Mm-hmm. Because we have an empowerment. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? We have this inner strength, which is the grace, mm-hmm. not to even go there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that place of the curious mind that is trying to say that no, now that you say I should that's gone. Okay. So like you said, <laughs> yeah. basically, um Romans 8 says to be carnally minded yeah. is death. But to be spiritually minded is life mm. eternal. Yeah. So now the carnal mind has to do with all the bad things that you're thinking of. That's the carnal mind. So I feel like we should we as believers, if we say we are believers, it then means that we have the Holy Spirit inside us. Now we having the Holy Spirit inside us will now is will not enable us to do that which so do we you, are supposed to. Yeah. Guys, guys. The sex and technology. When I was talking about <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You and Uncle were both um, depends. Is it a girl? Is it a guy? So now, does sex affect guys and girls differently? Yeah, to some extent. I think it has to do with the emotions. You know, straight up, we women, God created us to have emotions. Like our emotions is it's more than the guys, and I'm sorry to say. Not as like people are not people are not human, so but because but because of the way God has programmed the woman. Mm. And then I'm going to just chip into what God said earlier in, in Genesis chapter 3, where he said that the desire for the woman is going to be for her husband. And, and so, so to some extent, that word has, has more or less like shifted gears inside the woman's body. So more, more so that the moment a lady, the moment a lady has or had sex with a person, she starts feeling something for the guy. While the guy could just have sex with her and then it's done, he doesn't move on to the next person. So that's it. It affects women differently than men, so you basically. Think it's, it's, it's riskier for girls to engage. Yeah, particularly girls who, who are, who are um, those touchy feely kind of persons. Also, the ones who are strong, they can, they can partake. 
<laughs> you do what you. are you saying? You do you basically. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I I'm struggling with this question. <laughs> I, I'm really, really struggling. Yeah. Um I don't know if it's the right um, right time to say this, but then um why I'm struggling is I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> are you shy? Is he still shy? <laughs> Is he shy? Okay. Is he shy? Okay, okay. Now, now, let me tell you guys. Well, because I don't know what it means. Do you understand? So, and I, I, I can only speak from a reasoning perspective. You get my point? Yeah. yeah that's why I'm struggling. And for me, psychologically, I just want to think as a scientist. That's just how I want to respond to you. That psychologically... And initially, remember, I said that's actually why some, um, that's why some people feel cheated after breakup, because sex is involved. And then somebody feels that this guy is taking a part of me. Do you understand? And yeah. all of those things. Now, aside from the obvious reading that if care is not taken, somebody may get pregnant, and the other one will just be working as if he didn't do anything. Do you understand? That's true. Uh -huh. So, aside from <laughs> that consequences, but I, I feel also that psychologically there's a shift. And that's why I feel it depends on the context, right? I feel that there's a shift in both people. Like, there's, it has the same impact on both people. But um, how they respond to it um, differs now. Because the ladies have a way they respond to it differently. And the guys have the way they respond to it differently. And I can tell you, part of the reason why we see people dressing anyhow today is because of this question. Okay. Yes. Now, I'll give you an example. Well, I used to say that um, most times I really don't... I can easily see a lady and say, this person is sexually active just by me looking at her. Simple, just some indicators. Do you understand? Now, if a lady has, has been exposed yeah. to it, you realize that more often than not... Now, there are exceptional cases. It affects their dressing. I don't know if you understand what I'm it affects how they dress. This kind, they can't show anything. After all, uh, what did they never see? Do you understand? Yeah. Uh, after all, uh, what am I hiding? And you know, and all of those things. So I feel that the impact is the same, but they respond. Oh, well, if I'm going to answer your question directly, the impact is the same, and they respond differs. On the other side, for the guys, mm. that's why you see a guy now rubbing shoulder with somebody that is older than him. Ah, waiting now. I don't know this thing. Yeah. Don't know. So, <laughs> so it, it, the, the impact is the same, but how they respond because of the different makeups, mm. like differs. So let's go to less intense <laughs> form of physical. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I know where you're going. To. <laughs> what do you think about kissing for unmarried young people? Good or bad, simple, not simple. Okay. What do you think? You get us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why. If you know that you can't handle something, don't start what you can finish. Because there's no way kissing won't lead to something else. Mm. And something else won't lead to something else. And, and then like that. So please don't start kissing a lady <laughs> if you know that. <laughs> You can't handle yeah. what is coming next. Mm. But at the same time, again, thank God for self-control. Mm. So, yes, to some extent. Oh, wow, so if you have self-control. <laughs> self-control, to some extent, they help. Oh. I don't go cool. lie you. I mean, if you have self-control, you should partake. Hey! <laughs> like I say, it depends. I'm setting that up. This guy, this guy. <laughs> I, say, I know what you're 
you doing? And who are you doing? See it. It see. The thing is kissing. Hmm. Mm. All right. What is kissing? Which kind of kissing stuff did they talk about? I don't know. Is it a, are you talking about pecking the girl, or are you talking about okay. you know different kind okay, of kissing, so, okay. kissing, kissing as as books? Educator, okay. okay. educator. Okay. So which one? <laughs> All right. How many days? Okay, fine. Based on the fact that okay, this is, and I'm not talking based on research mm. and reading of books and the rest. Okay, that's the oh reading of books and research. Do research mm. basically. Okay. There's the normal kiss you give your papa. Mm. That one I peck. I they give out to my papa every day mm. when they ask because you don't give him no problem. Mm. Uh-huh. Then there's that one that you you. <laughs> We're talking about. Hey. <laughs> your father. The French, the French kissing and and all. Um, the deep tonguing and all those things. Please don't misquote me out of this place. I am. Yeah. I'm a Christian. <laughs> all right. So for that one, I'm more see. Allow the spirit of God to lead you. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, me, I think it's 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 for me. It's outrightly wrong. Yeah, it's, it's outrightly wrong. You can't touch fire, and don't expect to be burned. Yeah, it's it's difficult. Yeah, so it's part of the whole package that comes with companionship, right? So if we are not there yet, let's not do it through. You understand? Uh-huh. So let's let's trust God. And that's where the self-control. You see, but uh, one other thing I want to say very quickly is that, see, I am thinking oh, that even when you get married, eh, this self-control, you cannot stop. Oh. Yes, no. As in, I wish Nankwad is here to help us. Do you understand? I feel that if you don't imbibe that discipline of self-control before you get married, it will be difficult for you in every ramification. Yes, so it's very, very important. It's imperative for you to trust God to help you uh, imbibe that discipline of self-control, such that uh-huh, now that you are in marriage, it's not every time your partner will be in the mood of doing whatever you want. Right. So if you don't have that self-control, you have problems. You know. So I feel that it's very, very important for us not to even go there in the first place. Okay. So finally. Is your father really finished? I never talk him before. I never talk him before. I never talk him before. What's your advice for young people dating and sex before marriage? Just in a nutshell. Solomon said something. Um, Solomon said, do not awaken love until it is right. And he also told you to drink, drink your water, drink water from the same cistern. So, by all means, with that, I'll tell you, you should allow God to lead you. And what he, told, what he has told you to do and not to do, you should just follow it. Don't do anything outside what he has given you. He has his own idea. He knows why he said certain things should be done the way they should. So, by all means, follow him and then you live good. Mm. Sorry, can I get that question? <laughs> your advice for young people, 18. Okay, like Thanks. in summary, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think that um, um, don't think of dating. See, but because we have so much problems as young people now, I think we should face our problems and try to trust God help us develop ourselves at certain stage of our life, like certain stage of our life, so, so that until you get to that point where you are physically matured, spiritually matured, emotionally matured, and if you're a guy, financially capable. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then you can go into dating. And sex, that one, let's trust God. I know it's not easy, but let's trust God to give us that grace to abstain. That's the best. Thanks, guys, for staying with us through this episode. I truly hope you learned a lot. I know I did. Please make sure you share all our episodes with other young people out there. I'm sure they'd gain a lot as well. Now, we will be dropping new episodes every week, so please don't sleep on us, right? Next week's episode will be hosted by Daniel Sule, and he'll be talking to Zara Maguari and, of course, yours truly, me. And trust me, you don't want to miss it. Until then, remain blessed. I right? peace. peace.